Today on the Podcast Review Show, we're looking at the Money Answers Show. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Welcome to the Podcast Review Show. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, this is where myself and Eric K. Johnson, better known as the Podcast Talent Coach, he brings his 30 years of radio experience to the microphone. I bring my 12 years of podcasting experience, and we go over what you're doing right in your show so you can do more of that, and we find those things that maybe just need tweaked just a little bit. Uh, our website is podcastreviewshow.com, and uh, tonight we're looking at the Money Answer Show, and uh, on the show is uh, Jordan Goodman. How's it going, Jordan? Great to be with you both. Awesome. Eric, you ready to talk a little uh, Money Answer Show? I am ready as you are, Dave. All right. Well, what we always like to do is just start off by playing like the first minute or two. It's like, here's the first impression and kind of go from there. So. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out deep into your retirement or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now, here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Rick Edelman. He is a famous financial planner. He's a, a, a seminar person. He does radio shows. He's got his website, and he's done a lot of books. And we're going to be talking a lot today about his new book, which is called The Truth About Your Future, The Money God You Need Now, Later, and Much Later. Welcome to the show, Rick. Thank you, Jordan. Always good to be with you. So for people who may not be familiar with it, just tell people briefly uh, your history and how you got to be the Uh, media personality and financial planner that you are? Well, I've been doing this uh, for over 30 years now. Uh, My wife and I created our financial planning practice back in the 1980s, and we began by focusing on financial education. Back then, there was just very little resource available for ordinary consumers to learn about money and investments and financial planning, and that was our focus. And so we began by doing educational seminars. We began with elementary school PTA groups teaching them about college savings. That got me invited onto the radio, and eventually I was invited to be uh, the host of a show. I've been doing that for now 26 years, um, the the longest-running national personal finance show uh, in the country. And uh, that led to my hosting television shows. I now host some specials for public television. We're producing a new one that's going to come out in November. And uh, I've written nine books along the way, uh, including uh, number one New York Times bestseller, and two of my books have been named Book of the Year by the Institute for Financial Literacy. And uh, Barron's three times named me the number one independent financial advisor in the country. And Forbes last year named me among the top 10 wealth managers in the, in the United States. So our firm is now one of the largest in the country. We're managing over $20 billion for 34,000, 35,000 families all across the U.S. All right. So there's the first oh, a couple minutes or so. And uh, for me, I'll just kind of start off. I love the fact that you were to the guest and rolling in like 34 seconds. Right. <laughs> that was the, the beautiful thing. Eric, what were your thoughts? I enjoyed that too. I like that we uh, we jump right into him. We didn't waste a whole lot of time with housekeeping right there. 
Um, I would have liked to have seen a little more focus there at the very beginning. When you when you ask Rick to uh, tell me about your history and how you got here, uh, it, it's like asking the guests to tell you their life story with no real direction on on where you want them to go. And they could go anywhere. And and Rick chose to uh, push a lot of his books and his radio show and a lot of the 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 business aspect of what he does, um, which gave a little bit of credibility to what he does. Um, but to me, it, it didn't have much benefit to the listener other than setting him up. I think you could have done that for him. And, and you kind of did at the beginning. You said he, he's written a lot of books. He has a radio show, uh, et cetera, et cetera. He's been a financial planner and then get into it. I would have liked to have seen you hit him with a question uh, that that was beneficial to the audience right out of the gate. Um, but I, I love the fact that we got right to him, that we didn't waste a lot of time there. The idea is I'm trying to establish his credibility. I mean, I know who he is, but right. people might not know who he is. But I usually start the show that way. To yeah, I just, when, when, he was, when he was talking about his stuff, I was like, I would have used that to have like when he said he was uh with the number three guy for I forget the one agency that listed him like the top guy. I forget what yeah, he said. Uh, uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I would have used that in my intro. I would have said blah 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 and he's been named this and that. And then, you know, so it's not that your intro was bad. I was just I know, like, say it and, and he say it is what you're saying. Yeah, I would. I would have just said in the, and and I always try to bring out like why is this guy here? Because right. um, you know, which yeah obviously He's a money guy. You did all that. So um, it just, it kind of set him up to be, which, which Rick uh, does. Rick likes to pimp himself a lot. Um, <laughs> and, and so it was kind of like, all right, the horses are out of the barn. Here, here we go. Which was fine. I mean, the uh, show is an hour. So I figured give him one minute. Uh, I was a little bit. From the audience's point of view, you know, they may not be familiar with him. And, yeah. You know, he's number one bestseller, and you know, it's, that gives him a lot of credibility. So, it's, yeah. what he's going to say has meaning. That's that's the idea why yeah. I let him run like that. Yeah, when, just, when it comes to when it comes to what your audience needs to know to give him credibility, I think you have a better grasp of that than he does. So, if you were to say, uh, you know, he was named top three, yada yada, he has seven books, four of them which uh, are are books you should have on your bookshelf. Uh, he, he's been a financial planner for 127 years and, and you give your audience the credibility. You know, this is why I brought him on because I love everything he does. He does, uh, a, he does B, he does C. And then you say, uh, Rick, what's the, what's the biggest uh, mistake people are making in their investments today or something like that, where it's right out of the box. And he's given me information, um, that I can use right out of the box. And then as we go further along, we say, uh, you know, of your 127 books, which was the which was your favorite to write or uh, how does this, how is this new book different than your, your previous six or whatever it is. His latest book is the idea. Yeah, Yeah. sure. So you're setting him up with the information you believe your audience needs to know rather than just kind of hoping he hits on the, on the points that you feel are important to your audience. Okay. Cause I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things if somebody introduced me, they're going to say, you know, he was a, a customer service award-winning person when he worked in the copier industry. He once blew out his knee working in a haunted schoolhouse. You know, I have all these things that have happened, but if you can kind of tie in to the audience, yeah, it's like, you got to do it to the audience. And um, for me, it seemed like that whole first segment. And I understand now part of your goal is you want people to contact your guest. Correct. But there was about, I'm going to say about five or six minutes in that I was just like going, if I didn't know this any better, this interview sounds like 
a giant commercial. Um, and, and he even used some verbiage here. I'll go ahead and play this quick clip. Uh, and this is what makes us different from any other firm that, you know, you go to any big box brokerage firm, you know, Merrill has 13 thousand brokers in the place. They're going to give you 13,000 pieces of advice because there's no consistency within an organization like that. Merrill doesn't care as long as the advice is ethical and honest and in your best interest and and helpful. As long as they're making profits for Merrill and they're staying out of trouble legally, then then Merrill's happy with that. It's like like a, a financial supermarket. Our attitude is very different. We don't want the client experience to be dependent upon which advisor you're talking to. And the thing that was interesting about that you didn't ask him what makes you different. (laughs) He just volunteered that. And I was kind of like, okay, guy, you know, and I was looking. Very big ego. I I knew that. (laughs) I actually went back and looked at the questions that you asked him. You asked what resources are available at your website? What services do you provide? What kind of instruments do you use in your portfolios? That was actually kind of like, okay, now we're getting into the money stuff. Then you asked him how much does he charge? Right. Um, and all those were basically just like, here you go, pitch some more, pitch some I more. I kept saying to the audience, if you want to use this guy, you want right. to know how much he charges, what his fees are. Okay. Uh, the idea is, uh, you know, w- want to listen to him, maybe you want to work with him. So I want people to know what's involved. Okay. What's his minimum, what his fees are, and how he's different from other people. I mean, it's, I don't see it as a commercial. I see it as serving the audience. Service, okay. They and- the service, now they know the basics of what it's about using a service, why he's different from all the other financial advisors. Out there. Jordan, I don't have any problem with uh, you allow him to do that all day long. Uh, I would have just liked to have seen the, the interview kind of flipped around because I thought it was incredibly interesting when we got into the fiduciary discussion and whether or not he thought that law was going to come to pass and where he stood on that. And, and when he started talking about how everybody should be a fiduciary and how that has you know, your doctor has your best interest at heart. Everybody else has your best interest at heart. Why shouldn't your investment advisor have your best interest at heart? That gave him more credibility in my book than anything he said prior to that point. But we were we were quite a ways into the interview before we got into that discussion. What I would have liked to have seen is a little more of that, a little more of what he believes and what he feels, uh, have that discussion first. And then we get into you know, if somebody wants to work with you, Rick, how much do you charge? What do you get into? What kind of what kind of uh, uh, vehicles are you putting people into and in their investments and that sort of thing? So yeah. I don't have a problem with him pitching his stuff. I would have just liked to have seen the 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 interview kind of re- in reverse order. Yeah. That's that's the only thing I'm. Saying. I always think you want to establish people's credibility and the why first, and then but you, get, you uh, did that with the with the intro. Right. That's your, your intro. He's, you know, 11 books, number one bestsellers, the top guy, blah, blah, blah. Then do that and then build that relationship with the audience. So they're like, oh, wow, this guy, this is what this guy thinks. I like the way he thinks. He seems to to know what he's talking about. OK, how do we get to to work with you? And then oh, hammering home. to me, I was just like it was eight minutes by the time you got to the passive income question. And I was like, OK, we're finally talking about money stuff that doesn't involve, you know, Please come work with, please come work with a guy that I've never met. Um, So that was just, you know, for me, I was like, okay. Um, That's a much longer, uh, I guess you'd call it the credibility part that I normally get. I normally get like maybe two minutes. Yeah. He's got a lot. He he, he did cut, maybe I should have cut him off. I don't know, but he. Well, I don't think that would have been an easy thing. He was. (laughs) (laughs) um, 
the thing other- about it, the thing about uh, what you do, I, I love the fact that you're setting up credibility because yeah. at the beginning of your show, you need to make me care. Why should I care? Why should I listen to this guy? Right. And I, exactly. but a little bit of that will go a long way. And I think you can set him up of, of this is my buddy. This is why I believe in him and why I think you should believe in him. Uh-huh. And, and that way you can contain him and, and, and you get to dictate how long that goes rather than, uh, rather than letting him just kind of run into uh, what Merrill Lynch does compared to what he does and all yeah. of a sudden, you know. Uh, I wanted to have that contrast because people don't know the difference between different kind of financial advisors out there. Yeah, right. exactly. It's, Especially fiduciaries. You know, it's so Fiduciaries are so recent, you know, and, and becoming uh, in the public eye. Right. right. And then well, there's fiduciary rules. So I was trying to kind of tie it into the news a little bit as well. Yeah, I love that part of it. I think you're a great interviewer. You're great. You have great journalistic in uh, instincts when it comes to pulling things out of him. I enjoyed that part of it. Um, I would have liked to have him t- give told a few more stories. Uh, you know, he's been in the business for a long, long time, and and when he got into the fiduciary part, he started telling some stories, but he didn't really dive into it. It was really, it was quite factual. And I know that money has a tendency to be that way. I, I would have liked to have seen it get a little more personal if uh, people he worked later, with or something like that. I think later in the interview, I had some more stories from him, but, you know, mistakes people make. And yes, exactly. When, when we, had, when we like, got later into it, he started, he started opening up a little bit. I, I enjoyed some of that. Yeah. I had that in my notes. But I'm giving them that credibility up front, then the whole interview goes much better when they're feeling puffed up and their egos. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. right. Much better than, you know, you're pounding it from the beginning. Right? Yeah. Yep. I had that in my notes. One of the things I like that you did is obviously you have a great background yourself and so many interviewers have to do a me too. Like they have to show, look, I know I'm smart too. You didn't do any of that. In fact, you just shut up and let him talk. And that you'd be surprised how many people butt in and, and try to chime in. It's like, you just asked a question and it was, that was, it's kind of like the good thing. The other thing was by the end of it, I was like, I didn't really get to know much about you in it, but that wasn't the purpose you had a guest on. But yeah. I, I thought that was, I was like, again, I liked your interview style. You had a, a you would ask a question and then just let the guy answer. And I was right. like, well, that's, re- you know, that's refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get something out of the guest that'll help the audience. Basically. Yeah. Um, you you did congratulations you you did one of my favorite pet peeves. Uh, it's not a big one. I just don't understand the concept, and that is music for the for the sake of nothing. Um, at one point when you went to break, and and if it was me, if I was your engineer, this is what you have currently. We'll be back after this, and then we have. It's your- Jordan, is your show also on the radio? Uh, not on terrestrial radio. This is on Voice America Business Network. Okay. Which is the largest internet radio network. Gotcha. You know, yeah, we're going to talk about them later. Uh, but what I don't understand, if it was me, I would have the music under your voice. And then, you know, then you as you say, we'll be back in a minute. Then the music fades in. And then, bam, here comes your spot. Again, it was a whopping, I don't know, uh, 10 seconds to sit there and boogie for 10 seconds. But I was kind of like, I was waiting for a voiceover or something. And then it faded out. And then the spot went and I went, oh, so we just had 10 seconds for no apparent reason. Because you already said, we'll be right back. That is the transition. (laughs) Okay. And so I I was either like waiting for an ad, but it was like, oh, music. And then I'm like, oh, there's probably some guy going, do you have something? Nothing. Just And so it's a pet peeve of mine. And um, there's a couple. Yeah. 
And uh-huh. but that was the reason I asked if it was on regular terrestrial radio, because uh, network shows use bumper music like that to make that transition from network show to local commercials. Yes. That's that smooth transition. So you need that bumper music. But if you're not on terrestrial radio, then there's there's really no need for it. OK, good. Uh, the other thing we already paid that. Um, oh, um, so I'm assuming Voice America is they are. I understand they give you a producer who is then setting up the phone call for you and your guest. And then they're on the line as well. Right. As an engineer, I would call. Yeah, him an yes. Okay. Cause I mean, the one thing, yes, you know, and, okay, and good. Um, I do all that. And I, I you know, get the books and we do a description and there's a description of the guest and a picture of the guest. And they send on a promotional e-card before the show and, I'm probably going to save you a lot of money by the end of this this uh, thing. Um, but one of the things that was driving me crazy by the end of it was this kind of stuff. Because it's going to cost the financial services industry. Force them to stop selling products. That- now, that was the worst kind. That was the worst one. That was about two seconds. But there are a lot of times right when um, Rick was making it. They just didn't. It was like just a half a second. And the biggest reason you need to do this is because. And that's why I always, and it was like. Maybe his, his Skype dropped out or something. I tried yeah. to do it over Skype, which is normally reliable, but I think yeah. in this case we had some dropouts. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was a Voice America thing or what, but no, it was just no, like. No, I think just um, think Skype dropout, unfortunately. Okay. And if, if you hear that, does the engineer do any kind of editing when it's done? Uh, yes. If there are mistakes, they will edit it so that that's the live one. Yeah. But in the, in the edit, they should clean out anything like that. I mean, that's yeah. kind of hard to change because. You well, you can, words, you know? like, what I would do is just say, hey, Rick, this is going to be edit point number one. We missed that thing. Can you just do that question again or do that answer again? I mean, yeah. that's up to you because sometimes it is just like depending on what missed. Um, but it, it, I, I counted six by the time the show yeah, was over. Yeah. I can remember that now. He had Skype problems is what I can't. <laughs> as as tonight we had Google Hangout problems, so it's, it's and he doesn't it. even need to answer the entire question again. He can just pick up from that point. You know, if it yeah. drops out, say you just dropped out. If you could start from right there where you said, pick it up from right yeah. there. You know, they just edit that in. Perfect. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, you know, one thing I noticed in the show is you solicit calls quite a bit, and yeah. uh, uh, are you are you able to take live calls during the show? Does your engineer can they? Um, what I might recommend if you, if you're having trouble getting the phone to ring, um, solicit questions online, uh, maybe through your social media or something like that prior and then find good questions and then reach out to those folks and say, Hey, can we call you and get you on the show? Uh Because whether you call them or they call you, it really doesn't matter as long as they're on the show asking a question. So set up a couple of those people ahead of time. Where, you know, if Dave asks a question on your Facebook page, reach out to him and go, that's a great question, Dave. Would you mind being on the show Saturday? We can call you and get you on at 2.30 Eastern time. And then have the producer call him up and we say, hey, we have Dave on the line from Akron. Dave, what's your question? And then Uh Dave's right there. So it sounds like Dave called in, but you're really initiating the call. I'll tell you a fun story of what I did recently. There was a guy on named Steve uh, Down, and the caller came in was an ambush. And I didn't oh, know about it. But it was in a good way. That was the guy turned out to be having all kinds of SEC problems. And, and this is a guy who knew all the details of what this guy had done wrong. So it got this big confrontation, and the guest ended up hanging up. 
<laughs> I ended up interviewing the, the caller for the rest of the show. <laughs> that was exciting. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's a left turn right there. That'd be pretty cool. I called in with another piece of dirt. You know, so it was it was exciting. So you never know what happens with calls. Yes. Yeah, that's well, that's it. And you have to with callers. It's a whole other skill because I do a live show on Saturday, and there are times when somebody will make their point and they don't have anything else to say. Yeah, and they'll just start to repeat themselves. And that's when you right. have to kind of go, okay, thank you for the call. Right. And meanwhile, going over to you know Bob from Albuquerque, yeah. uh, ex- exactly. The, um, uh, one of the one of the most amusing things I found in this interview uh, was the fact that um, Rick Rick starts talking about how people can't predict the future. That you know, if people are teaching you something, those are shows you ought to pay attention to. But if they're if they're just predicting the future, those shows are just noise, and you should mm-hmm. you should ignore them. Yet the title of his book is "The Truth About Your Future" and how he <laughs> predicts how industries will change in the future and all of these future right. predictions. Oh, right, right. I thought, okay, well, that, that's quite. I mean, I think cool. what he was saying is you can't predict like the market day to day movements. Right. Like- yeah, right. You can't predict the ups and downs. And talking about are quite predictable. You know, artificial intelligence and robotics and three D printing are going to grow. I mean, that's a prediction that he's making, which is not too controversial. You know, right, right. But I think what he's talking about is you know you can't kind of time the market and what's going to happen. CNBC saying the market's going to go up in the next ten minutes. All that's noise. And, and right. I, Get out and buy bonds or go buy gold or. Well, that's where I I like where he mentioned that the average age of a company back in the day was like 65 years. And now it's like 15. Right. And I was like, that's a really cool stat. Cause for a while, when he got into the 3d printer stuff and whatever else, I was like, are, are we still talking about money here? And then he finally <laughs> brought it back. Yeah. Uh, so that's when I was like, oh, okay. Then that's when it's like, Oh, that's a good chunk to know. Well, these that. Trends he was talking about not only affect yeah. you as an employee and what you're going to be working at, but investments and what, what's going to do right. well are things that are playing these, exponential technology trends and it's going to leave a lot of people in the dust. So and that's what I thought was pretty cool because he started talking about uh, is your investment advisor putting you into mutual funds that are investing in companies that were that are 20th century companies or are they 21st century companies? Are you still investing in in the big blue chips like IBM and or you investing in companies that are that are doing something that are that that's new technology. He's come out with a specific thing, which I talk about, which I think is a good idea. Is this exchange traded fund called XT? Which yeah, two hundred of the biggest companies doing this exponential technology. So there was a specific thing the listener could do. Yep, taking out of the interview and it was in his book. You know, it just wasn't just you know three D printing, but here's a specific thing you can do that will actually put into action. So I wanted him to kind of explain that. Sure. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So in your call to action, uh, you want people to to visit your guests' websites and partake in the offerings that they have. And you mentioned that you have some affiliate programs set up. Right. If you're just directing them, if you're just directing your listeners to your guests' website, how are you tracking your affiliate relationships? So I put the podcast after it's done on my website. Okay. Uh, I'm attracting uh, traffic to there. Uh, I want to be a really good guest to people. And so I put the link that I put on my website links to their website. And then they're really happy and they link back to me. I'm just like trying to be not just hold on to traffic, but really be friendly and helpful. And well, that's great. Their business. My question is, what if some, what if I say go to podcast 
and somebody goes to podcasttalentcoach.com, I get no piece of that pie. That's Eric's website. But if I go to go to uh, podcastreviewshow.com slash Eric, now that goes through my affiliate link and yeah. I get commission even from the person that just hears it. Now that's, that's one of those, depending on how you want to look at it, because one guy might be on a treadmill and he's never going to remember that. Right. I would just, I, would, I have some, the way I, my system is, if you looked at moneyanswers.com, I have all of the, my affiliates mm-hmm. and then there are links. You just click on them or, or there's a phone number to call and then they know it's coming through me. But I, I'm not like jealously holding on to every little one and want to make sure they all go through me. I, I, I like to just help people and it comes back 10 times over. If, if I'm helping Rick Edelman getting traffic to his website, right. some of his books, you know, he's in my field in personal finance and he thinks right. I'm guy and good things happen from it. You know, I'm not like yeah. trying to hold on to every little penny and make yeah. sure you might get every every last penny of affiliate commissions. You know? Yeah, so. I don't have a problem with the way you're doing it. I was just curious um, it, how you had it set up. So if you have the affiliate links on your website where people can find them there, or if they just head over to Rick's website and you have no problem with that, then I don't I don't have any yeah. problem with that. Yeah, I don't. I was just letting you know. It's you, karma. You know, you could be leaving the, exactly. It also actually helps me get really good guests. Those right. uh, people that book me say, and he's going to put a link on his website to your site. Like, great. You know, so I get, I mean, I get really, really top people. Rick Edelman's an example of really, really top people. Yeah. Nice. By giving them something, you know, they cooperate with me that they might not cooperate with other people. So by style. <laughs> well, speaking of your website, let me go ahead and share this. And, this is where it's kind of interesting because we're used to looking at somebody who's a podcaster that their main focus is the podcast. When you yeah. go to your website, that, that is not your main focus. Your main right. focus is your, your live events, your resources, um, your oh, books. Oh, and things like. I am changing it. So you see across the top there uh, where it says the money answers radio show. I'm about to bring that into those top things. So it says live events store. Yeah. Jordan. You know what? Until you mention that right now, I never saw that. Yeah, it took me about three minutes to find that little link. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I went down here. Down into the, uh, I, I agree with you, and, and, and I finally that found it by going to resources, and then I saw radio shows. Yeah, but yeah. I'm bringing that down. That's going to be one of those, uh, you know, across the top. One of the drop down menu. Yeah. Going to say the money answers radio show. Perfect. You'll be able to go to each show. I'm, I've been doing it for ten years every week. Wow. So I've got like. 800 shows or something like that. I don't even know how many. Well, the thing that when I went to your radio shows, cause that, that keeps me here on your site. And I, I like the, you look great in all these shots and there's some great photography here. Um, but when I scroll down here, yes, I can listen to your show, but there's no way if I wanted to subscribe to your show in iTunes or in Stitcher or in any of the podcatchers, cause that's really where um, I, I know on one hand, you're like, no, I want to keep them here on my website. Uh, that's the goal. But I agree. And it's, it's, it's about to be launched in a day or so. I mean, you can oh, got it. I've, I've I, been on my web developers to get this done. Yeah. <laughs> it's on iTunes now. Well, yeah, because the other thing that was interesting is I happened to be back on the front page and I was like, where is his stuff? And then I saw down here where you have the, the Money Answers radio show here. When, when I click on listen here... This, and hopefully it doesn't take as long as it did earlier. I did this earlier and it took forever for this page to load. No, that's not that bad. That wasn't so bad that time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this auto starts, which um, depending on who you talk to is, is really bad web design because now everybody knows that George in accounting is not doing the Frapper report <laughs> uh, because all of a sudden your music starts playing. Um, and then uh, here, 
I was tr- still trying to find the podcast. I'm like, well, where is it? And I, I still kind of go. It's on the upper right. There, there, there's the episode. That's the most recent episode right there. Okay, but I don't see. Oh, I see. Because I see what I'm looking for is a play button. Well, that listen now goes yeah. to that particular one, and then you can play it. Okay, because I'm used to. Like, there it is. And then you can click on it there, and you can play it, the green yeah. button, the play button. There it is. So that's, uh, the, that's the show I did this last Monday. Just to show you, we'll, we'll give a, a preview of what I mean here. Um, this is the guy who's going to be interviewed uh, in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Explain what a play button, because you have a play link. And uh-huh. now Harry, now Harry's there. See how these are giant. Now, again, this is a podcaster's website, but yeah. in, in theory, we're now on the radio's website. This is voice America. Correct. And you know, I don't have to search, especially on a phone, which is where 80% of podcasts are listened to now. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to look for these play buttons they're gigantic now i'm looking for this little itty bitty red thing and i was like um then the other thing i found out is um and and so this i like this here just to what they did good is you do have the ability to download it you do have your show notes here um they have the ability to share it and things of that nature but um i just for me I, i was again looking for the play button because originally What's the first thing I had to do was stop this thing from going off because um, there it goes again. And that will annoy the bejesus out of your audience if they go over to your website every time and it's that same video. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I, I like the fact you have uh, listen on iTunes and you do have a thing here to Stitcher, which is good. So you've got Android and, and iTunes. Um, right. I, I did want you to know that when you go to your iTunes listing, the website that is listed here is the not your website. It takes you back to Voice America. That's okay. And, that's where the that's where the shows are. are, shows are. Okay, I'm just making sure you knew that. Yeah. Um, okay. The other thing, did they submit this show to you to iTunes for you, or did you do it? I've got somebody who does that. Okay, uh, but do you have access to? Because the reason I ask is later this year iTunes is going to release stats. And if you don't own the, what's called the Apple ID, which is usually what you use to buy stuff on iTunes, um, you log in under that and submit your show. If you let somebody else do that for you, they now have complete control over your show. Okay. That's good. Yeah, we'll, I'll look into that and make sure. No, I have yeah. an Apple ID and we'll make sure it's. Yeah. Cause you, they, they do have kind of a way that you can transfer that back now, which is good. Um, the other thing I was uh, worried about is, let me see here. I think it's over here. Yeah, um, the email listed right now in your feed, in your RSS feed, without getting too geeky here, but that's basically what syndicates your show. Yeah. The email ads ends in Mad Avox. Is that yours? Motivox. Motivox. Motivox is the email address for Voice America. The, okay. The company. So- it is called Motovox. Yeah, so that again is not great uh, because iTunes basically would say then that they own your show. And Motovox does, you mean? So it should yeah. be my email address. It should be your email address. Um, okay, that's good. So it's just, I looked at it and it was like, hmm. Because the, the thing that got me that I had a question about was um and if i can find where you guys went i have so many windows open here stop 
share screen. Um, I'm like, where'd you guys go? Um, the ads that were played on the show, do you get paid for those? No. And I'm about to change those. I'm about to do ads. Okay. Because it seemed like you were promoting your competition. And I was like, the one guy was definitely a financial person. Um, I mean, and- just to give you a sense, Voice America Business, I'm by far the number one guy on there, like not even close. I'm getting like 100,000 downloads a week, something like that. Next guy might be 10, you know. You want to ask them if those downloads are IAB compliant because okay. that, is, that is now the podcast standard and everybody and their brother is going to this thing and you may find out that your number is going to get cut in half. Okay. I'll ask them about that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah anyway, that was a recent yeah. change there. I like to help other people and it, I'm, I'm not like jealous and like holding on to everything. Right. My style, you know. So, but, but I am about to change. I'm about to put some one minute ads that are, we're going to rotate for my affiliates in those spaces. Yeah. I was going to say that, or I was surprised you weren't pimping your books or, um, you know, there, it, to yeah. me, it was like, it's your show and people are tuning in for you. And then I'm like, you know, um, oh, that was my I'd other rather, question. I'd rather promote the affiliates. It's really helped people. So. Okay. And my That's, other question was on your website. Um, I was looking at all your books and, and man, you have a ton. Um, but there weren't any links to Amazon. And I was curious as to why that was. I have my own distribution system. Okay. Because so, wow. yeah. for me. Sets out books and they process the credit cards. Got it. Just, yeah. just again, just so you know, there are people like me in the world. I, I can't tell you the last time I bought an ebook. Uh, I don't buy books, period, that are like physically. Like if you give me a hardbound book, you might as well just set it on fire. I read stuff on my Kindle. <laughs> I mean, and, and if somebody gave me an ebook, now I've got to learn. I have to email it to my uh, Kindle, which is fine. But in terms of highlighting it and all the other cool things I do in the Kindle format, I can't do. And it's, I had somebody, a guy that gave me a free PDF and I never read it. And if he finally put it on Amazon and I bought it because it wasn't the first chapter was good. It just, it's not. So there are people like me that really, really, really love Kindle books. Just so you know, you might be missing out on some stuff. Um, Eric, any other thoughts on the, on the website before we go back to. No, I, I love the clean look of it. I think it's slick. I love the social proof with the wall street journal and yeah. all of that on there. That looked great. Um, uh, if you're moving the podcast, the radio show down into the the pull down menus, I think that's that was the only issue that I had with it. I thought everything else looked. looked Just really so you good. know, I'm launching Money Answers TV as well. Oh, nice. nice! I've shot a whole bunch of videos, and they're going to have a Money Answers YouTube channel, and we're going to get out all kinds of good stuff. And that'll also there'll be a Money Answers TV uh, place as well as Money Answers Radio. So you, you've done this radio show, hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Have you had a guest every time or, or have some of them just been solo shows with just you? I, I mean, yeah, almost all of my, it's a guest. I mean, I, I think when I came to one of my new books, I did on that, but no, I enjoy working with the guests and they like it. And it's just a very, the audience likes it. It, it just to go for an hour. I just yeah. like doing it. And yeah. Sounded great. I, you have a great, uh, great yeah, conversational style. It, it makes me sharper and better to be talking to all these top people in personal finance. And yeah, I was at Money Magazine for 18 years, so I I know this stuff, you know. Right. But I'm always looking to improve and find new people, and and so that's what they, they like. Got it. Um, when it came to the end of your show, it was kind of quick and to the point. Um, so that sounded like this. Very good. Well, thanks so much. We've covered a lot of ground. My guest this hour has been Rick Edelman. Uh, his website is rickedelman.com. His uh, new book we just talked about is called The Truth 
about your future, the money guide you need now, later, and much later. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Rick. It's been a real pleasure, Jordan. Thank you so much. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next. And that's when I was like, here again, the audio, I was like, for having an engineer, I'm like, see you next. I was like, wow, okay, that's kind of an odd. Again, not a deal breaker. It's, yeah, that's, that's the way the, your show ended. But that was the first time I heard your website. And, and I understand now it's a different mindset. You're very much about your guests and promoting them. Um, and so I'm used to somebody giving themselves a little bit of a plug to, hey, if you'd like to check out my books or get on my newsletter, read my blog, yeah. everything is available over at moneyanswers.com. Uh, I was just surprised that there was so very little promotion of you. And um, remember when they go onto the website, it's got that whole promotional video. It's about me and money answers. And right. But they only, but you only mentioned your website like once through, yeah. the, through <laughs> the whole podcast. And I was like, you know, a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, you know, or, or, you know, even your intro, you know, here, here he is your host from moneyanswers.com, yeah. you know, Jordan Goodman, something to kind of start, getting that branding in there a little more. Eric, what were your thoughts on the, the outro? I, I appreciate the big heart that you have, Jordan, and that you love to help other people. And the, the show's all about giving. I don't have any issue with that. The, the one thing I would love to see in the show itself is to learn a little bit more about you because you're the one thing that is consistent week after week after week. If I tune in next week or the week after or the week after, the one consistent thing is I'm going to get you. And right. I would I would love to create a little bit of a relationship there by learning a little bit about you and what you do and the fact that you've worked for money magazine and you know, uh-huh. that you have the website, you know, are, are you a, uh, are you just a, uh, uh, a financial blogger? Are you a financial advisor? What is your, what is your background? Let us get to know you a little bit and, and you don't have to do it in a big pluggy salesmanship kind of look at me sort of way, you know, just little bits and pieces as you go along through your story, sharing a little bit about you and what you do and who you are, lets us get to know you and like you even more. So we come back each and every week to hang out with you and see what other cool guests you're going to also put money. I mean, obviously when they go to moneyinterest.com, they get the full picture of all the different things I do. So getting the website on there a little bit more would be leading them there. That might, but it's, it's one of those things too. If you can work, any kind of personal story into the point you're making, it's a way of letting your audience into you and building that relationship without being one option that is always silly is people start talking about their favorite French toast recipe when they're supposed to be talking about, you know, interest rates. <laughs> right. Um, so that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but any kind of like, I don't know if you had a chance to read this guy's book because I realized if you're interviewing all these people, sometimes I you just have to I actually read all these books. <laughs> so I, I could see going, Hey, one of the things I really liked about in chapter four, uh-huh. just, just to kind of say that, Hey, this is what he liked just to give me an insight into what you're thinking. Uh, Cause that was the only thing I put is, is like after reading, after listening to this, you did a really good job of letting the guests talk, but I learned like zero about you and aside from one little mention at the end to go to to your website um and then there wasn't any kind of like like why should i go to your website you know uh-huh. it's your website but it wasn't like go there for the 
the free newsletter and get the blah. There was no incentive to go besides it's your website and it's easy to remember. It's, you know, yeah. just uh, moneyanswers.com. I can promote a little bit more, but I, I, yeah. I, I'm doing that all the time when I'm on terrestrial radio and terrestrial ah, there you go. all the time. I mean, I'm on shows yeah. all the time promoting okay. my, and it was just, like my chance to, you know, share it with other people. That's kind of always been my attitude. Jordan, do you know uh, who your guest will be on the next show when you're doing this show? Right now, I've got them scheduled out to March. Can nice. you promote that at the end? If Can you say, hey, next week we're going to be talking to Dave yeah. Jackson about yada yada, and I, I hope you'll tune yeah. in and we'll talk to you then. Yep, absolutely. That would be good. That would be a, a great little piece tease. of bait to kind of tease them, get, get them back to the next show, give them a real reason to tune in and maybe a little nugget of what they'll learn or we're going to ask him X or Y or whatever it is. Yeah, I have, I'd have to allow enough time for that because normally it's a pretty tight out, but uh, yeah. I could do that. Uh-huh, that's a good idea. Because that, that if, if you're trying to grow your audience, you could tie that in with, hey, next week I'm going to be talking with Eric K. Johnson. He's the podcast talent coach. And if you never want to miss an episode, it's super easy. Just go to the website, click on the subscribe button. You'll get every episode for free. Yeah. Done. Um, you kill two birds with one stone that way. So, And I realize it's like you've got 15 seconds to say, you know, two it's minutes. Right. Yeah. I can do everything. So, <laughs> awesome. But all in all, I uh, like I say, I was really impressed with the fact that you just got out of the guest way. I cannot stress how that was just so refreshing that unusual. Huh? <laughs> it, it really is. So many people, especially when you get somebody with your background, you've been doing this so long, like you said, your money magazine that, you know, obviously we all have egos, but sometimes people, they just gotta, if, especially if you have somebody who has a, a good guest, they somehow have to do the me too thing. Uh-huh. And, and a lot of times it's just repeating what their guest just said, just so they can go, Oh yeah, I'm smart too. Gotta push the guest. I'm pushing yeah. And so uh, I thought that was provocative questions. Yeah. Like I said, I love the fact that uh, you got right to the, right to the guest in like record time. Um, You know, all in all, not a a bad show. Eric, what were your thoughts as we kind of wrap things up here? I I thought it was solid. I think you're a solid journalist and a solid interviewer. Uh, There were a couple times where he didn't answer the question directly and you went right back at him with the, with a reframing of the question. There was one, one time you were talking about, uh, what about Korea? What should people do about that? And he said, just ignore it. And then he stopped and you said, well, yeah, but what if war breaks out, then what? And then he actually gave you a legitimate answer, which I thought was good. Uh, it's just <laughs> another example of your, your journalistic skills. I thought it was a solid show, you know, just a little polish in here and there. And uh, just some, some tips we thought might be able to help you take it a notch further, but you you're well on your way. It's a great, great show. Very, very informative. And, uh, you got great guests. You know what you're doing. Well, thank you. Yeah, awesome. no, I, I, I'm always wanting to make it better, too. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, again, you can find Jordan over at moneyanswers.com. Eric, where can people find you? You can always find me at podcasttalentcoach.com, my podcast and all my helpful information right there. And how about you, Dave? You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you'd like to have, if you want to take over Jordan's seat, he'll keep it warm for a little bit here. But uh, if you want to sit in that seat, we'd love to have you simply go out to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. And you'll see your smiling face right here on the screen. So thanks to everybody for listening. And uh, we'll see you again real soon. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com.
Changing the world, one download at a time.